Well, there's a fair bit of confidence around today. US equities are pushing higher and markets are still priced as those central banks don't have far to go now. But of course, some of that central bank expectation is built on inflation falling further. And one of those earnings aren't so great either. So we could be on shaky ground as we get big tech earnings and central bank decisions all in the space of a few days this week. It's Tuesday, the 25th of July, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar continues to rise up another quarter percent this morning, but the Aussie dollar is up too. It's up a quarter percent on that rising US dollar with the pound down a quarter percent and the euro down half a percent. But the Canadian dollar is up almost half a percent and equities are doing well in the US. The Dow is up half a percent. The S&P is up a third of one percent. The Nasdaq about 0.2 percent up, but a 0.2 percent fall in the euro stocks 50. Uh, the CAC Caron losing out today as well. A small rise in the DAX and 0.2 percent lift in the foot. 100 and energy stocks doing particularly well in the US and we've seen further rises in oil WTI and Brent both up 2.2 percent bond yields rising in the US but falling in Europe there really is a US Europe division isn't there today emerging two basis points added to 10-year treasuries up to 3.85 percent but a five basis point fall for 10-year bonds in Germany France the Netherlands yields down across Europe and in fact and Australian 10 years dipped below four percent yesterday uh, but not moving from that overnight on futures. So Sky Masters is with me today from NAB in Sydney. So uh, hi Sky, this rise in the US dollar again today, I mean it's really the fall in the euro that's that's pushing that isn't it and that this the fact that we've seen yields also down in Europe and I guess my, the, the obvious reason for that is the flash PMIs for Europe which weren't so flash were they I mean the German manufacturing number actually the lowest number in 36 months. Yes good morning Phil um, you know it was it was very much a story of, of the flash PMI reports overnight as you've just you've just suggested um, you know, very, very sort of weak prints coming out of out of Europe, um, particularly in Germany, as you said, but then in the US, um, slightly better. So you, you've sort of seen a bit of a, a divergence between the US and and Europe in the in the data flow overnight, and you've seen that flow through into um, market the market reaction to the data. So essentially, I'd say markets are, are pretty much range bound um, still as we wait for the bigger events later later this week with central bank meetings and some more important data prints. But um, you know, within that range, we have seen a bit of bit of movement in, in bonds overnight. Um initially saw a, a a rally in yields across, you know, across bonds, gilts, treasuries and and Aussie futures on that um soft German um manufacturing PMI report where the reading came in at 38.8, um, market was expecting 41, um, and the previous reading was 40.6. Uh, but yeah, soft reading there, um, essentially overnight, um, well, at least for Europe, the manufacturing PMIs all came in came in lower. Um, all readings are, are remain below 50, and they do in, in the US as well. But I guess the surprise for the US reading was that it actually ticked higher um for the US it came in at 49 um, um that's up from 46.3 so still still below 50 but a lot better than than the market had been had been expecting and so what you saw was that initial rally in in treasuries following the the weak German PMI print um, has been retraced. But it's not just manufacturing, is it? I mean, services is down 
on both sides of, of the Atlantic. So there's a bit of contagion. Yes. Yeah, so so we'll as, as you said, services readings have come off across across um, all of the the um, you know Europe, UK, and and the US. But importantly, the services readings do still remain above above fifty. Um, and and in the detail within the US report, the detail is probably more positive than what what you saw in the detail in the European re- readings. So what does this mean then? I mean, seeing yields falling now in uh, in Europe, is, is there an expectation that the ECB is going to do less? We've got this slowdown in, in manufacturing in the hub of Europe. And we talked yesterday about, you know, you've got low inflation in the periphery in places like Spain. So the, the ECB has got to tread very carefully right now, hasn't it? Yeah. So the market, in terms of market pricing, the market is still pricing uh, a 25 basis point hike by the ECB at this week's meeting. But I think what you're seeing is is the soft PMI reports are now adding to, you know, as you said, the uncertain backdrop for the eurozone um, and speculation on what this means for the ECB post this week's meeting. So terminal pricing for the ECB is just just a, just around three ninety five, um, and I think I think there's sort of that shift happening in that yes, um, you know, we'll get another hike by the ECB, but what. What does that mean going forward? Does is does the ECB start to become very data dependent, um, like we're expecting? Uh, you know, the Fed to become like the RBA is. Um, you know, every central bank is becoming far more data dependent as we get closer to um, to, mm. to terminal cash rates. Yeah. So no, there's no clear map. In other words, but I mean, we thought there was a map for the uh, for for the Fed, didn't we? That there'd be one more, and then probably that's it because we've seen, you know, particularly with that CPI number that we saw. Uh, but is is I mean, is that the case? Uh, you know, I mean, we've seen yields rising in the United States, as though people are perhaps wondering whether that is the case. Like, is the Fed close to the end? I've got Nick Tamaris in the uh, Wall Street Journal today writing that the Fed isn't ready to declare victory on inflation, with some policymakers there seeing inflation falling so far because, you know, the shock elements from COVID and the war, those elements have eased, but underlying price pressures could persist. So, you know, if that is the case, the Fed would have to keep lifting and keep lifting for longer. Yeah, so yields are yields are pretty much range-bound at the moment. Um, I, I wouldn't say they're, they're you know, rising. They, they have risen. Um, that they're off their they're off their recent um, highs, and I think they're just just range bound at the moment, um, given the uncertainty around around what central banks are going to do and and what their commentary is going to um, is going to be. But I think in terms of the pricing for the Fed, that's pretty much steady in that the market's ninety six percent priced for a twenty five base point hike this week and terminal pricing for the fed remains at around 540 so the market's roughly only pricing in one more hike as you say um but it it is that um it is that that outlook where to from here and our view is is that we think that the fed will the commentary this week will remain quite hawkish uh you know they're going to continue to want to push back on market pricing of of a quick a quick turnaround and easings coming early next year, because um, the data the data doesn't necessarily support support that. So you know, I I think I think yeah, we're, we're probably get you know hawkish hawkish commentary out of the Fed, but it'll be unclear whether and and they'll you know their their dot plot we know their dot plots point to two more hikes, not one. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So that I mean, but what what it means for markets is it it's going to continue to mean choppy choppy trading. Yeah, and, and, um, and choppy trading for equities as well. It's not just central banks because I mean we've seen you know a lot of exuberance in equity markets in the US, but we've got Alphabet, we've got Meta, we've got Intel, we've got Microsoft, we've got Amazon, uh, all happening this week. So I mean that will either add to or take away from that exuberance. I mean the S and P is up nineteen percent to date. Despite everything, if that exuberant continues, uh, how does that play out in bond markets and currency markets? If everyone is thinking, "Oh, look at the US, look how well it's doing." Yeah, I mean, in, interesting, interesting question. I think, I think, you know, for for bond markets, it really will be what the data is showing you, um, and that will drive the direction of bond yields. Uh, and maybe that will drive the sentiment in in equity markets as well. I mean, to date, it's probably had less of an influence on on the sentiment in in equity markets. Um, but I think I think that buoyancy in maybe in equity markets is that the expectation that that we are going to get a soft, you know, the landing if there is a landing will be soft, not not hard, uh, and you know the Fed will come to the rescue and and cut aggressively next year if, if required. Um, but I think that's where the, you know, that's that's where the communication from central banks is going to be important because I think, you know, as we just discussed, they're going to continue to push back um, on the, the idea that they're going to suddenly quickly start to to lower lower the Fed, the funds rate. Um, so the risk for markets will be that that the data does continue to remain resilient and the Fed actually has to go more than current pricing um, and then maybe you know that starts to impact impact equity markets and it's interesting looking at the detail within the US PMI report um, you know cost pressures remain elevated in in that report so that's a slight difference to what you what we're seeing in in the European PMI reports but for the US cost pressures remain elevated being led by the services sector. Um, but also, interestingly, manufacturers are starting to see a renewed rise in input prices. So just pointing to that stickiness of inflation in the US. Which is what exactly that article in uh, the Wall Street Journal, which is worth a read this morning, exactly what it's saying, that, you know, inflation may not be beaten yet. And you, you mentioned confidence because, of course, we get the Conference Board Consumer Confidence Read today. And we also get the Richmond Fed Manufacturing and Services Index as well. Uh, but the the consumer confidence number last month was the highest level since January 2022. So if we've got confident consumers. That presumably means they're out and ready to spend, which exactly is you know what the Fed doesn't want to see. So that's got to be a concern as well for the Fed if that keeps on rising, hasn't it? Yes. Um, you know, I know I know our economists would say that there's not a great um, sort of strong relationship between confidence and 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 actual spending activity, but. But yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it's it's interesting um, to be seeing confidence ticking up at, at this point in the cycle. Normally, you'd see the the opposite. But you know, if if you look at if you look at the charts, they're all they're all back to front um, at the moment in terms of confidence reports and and what central banks are doing in terms of in terms of cash rates. And I just think that's the reflection of you know the 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 difference between you know what's happened with. During and post the the pandemic, um, and um, you know the, the noisiness in data, um, and it's very hard to read through the data in in terms of understanding, particularly these confidence reports. 
um, you know, sometimes they're showing you something a bit different to what the actual hard activity data. Well, I mean, it is mixed messages because that conference board, consumer confidence review last time, was basically saying yes, you know, those confidence numbers are high, but also expectations of a, a recession in the next six to twelve months are also high as well. So, uh, you know, there's mixed messages right there. Look, today, uh, getting back to where we were talking about with Europe, uh, we get the German IFO business climate and expectations today. That has been falling for the last few months. So we'll see that just obviously adds to that story about the divide between the US and Germany. Other than that, fairly quiet day, isn't it, today? Uh, but, you know, very busy later on in the week with all, the, all those earnings and central banks and Aussie CPI tomorrow as well. And interesting, it's, it's curious, isn't it? The Aussie is doing fairly well today. And yet one thing we haven't talked about yet, and we'll just cover it off briefly before we finish. Uh, there's been this expectation all week, hasn't there, that or for the last couple of weeks, that sometime we're going to see a fiscal stimulus coming from uh, from China and that the uh, the news would come from the Politburo this week. Uh, but the news is that they probably are not going to announce a big stimulus package this week after all, because they're worried about debt. So uh, it's curious because the Aussie dollar's up. Oil is still up as well, as though uh, China is going to continue to grow. So, you know, that gets back to our confusing messages story, doesn't it, today? You know, it, it, it does. Like, I, I'm not 100% sure what's driving the strength in the Aussie dollar. And, you know, as you said, the the pushback on an announcement of a China stimulus package, you wouldn't have thought would have been would have been. Um, positive. So I don't know. I think maybe you're, you're talking to Ray tomorrow. So maybe you can dig, do a deep dive with Ray on, yeah. on, on the Aussie. Question number one for him. Um, on the Aussie dollar. But but it is interesting you say I, about the oil price heading heading higher. Um, you know, I'm, I'm reading around sort of soft commodities. Um, you know, they're heading higher. I wonder whether a topic over the next couple of weeks is going to be, you know, renewed um, goods price pressures. Um, so you know, m- maybe that's a story for, for for the coming the coming weeks. But another thing, sort of, maybe pushing back on the the whole idea that you know inflation is going to quickly head back to um, central banks' targets yeah. of two percent. Well, okay. Well, wouldn't it be great, Sky, if we had an opportunity maybe once a week where we could actually sort of like delve deeper into a particular topic? That would be a smart idea. I wonder if we could do that. Yeah, uh, Phil. Good let's, idea. Let's stick that one let's on the notice Let's explore that board. one. Yeah, exactly. Very good. <laughs> All right. Good to talk to you, Sky. We'll catch you again soon. Thanks, Phil. I don't know when we'd do that, though. I mean, we're here five days a week. Six would be a bit crazy, wouldn't it? Well, you know. Uh, that's it for today. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.